It, it was a, a chess game to, to try to figure out a way to get 11 guys on the same page at one time. And that just really just, because, um, you know, with basketball, you can have one guy, you know, potentially take the team far. But with football, if one position is not on, that can, that can hurt the whole team. And so I just like that aspect. I felt like, you know, it was a lot that was going to teach me throughout my life in the past. What makes the journey worth it? The pain, the adversity, the opposition, the challenges, the uncertainty. Why do I have to go through this? What's the lesson in this? I got a paralyzed right arm and hand. The million dollar question I get every single day is you wouldn't change what happened to you, why? Serendipity, join us for insightful dialogues about not just successes, but about failures, opposition, adversities that shape and mold the individuals to who they are today. I'm Inky Johnson. This is Serendipity. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity with Inky Johnson. Uh, today's guest, Bobby Wagner. You know, great man, NFL linebacker, Seattle Seahawks. But we're just going to get right into it, man. I won't hold you long. I want you guys to hear his insight, his wisdom, and his perspective. B Wag, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great, man. First and foremost, I'm big on gratitude, man. I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day, man, to do this. I greatly appreciate it. There's no problem. Thanks for having me on and having me a part of this. Absolutely. And so, man, we met uh, a few years back, you know, out in Seattle when I came out to speak to Mod's Pizza, mm -hmm. uh, the company, right? And I'll yep. never forget when they was like, man, Bobby Wagner probably going to come through, you know, and I was hyped, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, mm -hmm. man, I can't wait to meet him. You know, I love yeah. the way he played. I love what he stands for. And so when we got the opportunity to connect in person, like that was a pleasure for me. But I'll never forget, man, watching you and just watch how you carry yourself. Like I never knew, like at a certain point, you just used to ball. Like I was watching, doing some research on you and you were saying you started off playing basketball. Yeah, I started off playing basketball. I think um, everybody had them hoop dreams when they were, uh, you know, <laughs> growing up. Uh, I thought I was going to be about six nine, seven foot, but um, you know, as I got into high school, I realized that wasn't really going to be my thing. So I had to just um, kind of change my path. You know, I think um, I had a lot of people. Um, you know, one one uh, teammate in particular, Omar, was really pushing me to to play football because mm -hmm. he saw how good I could be at football. So. Um, between him and my coach, um, they really pushed me into being more taking football more serious and um, really putting my all into it. And I was watching my coach get guys out into college. You know, I saw um, there's a lot more guys going to college um, from the football team than the basketball team. And so, um, you know, I really wanted to to get my degree and and really felt like I had a better chance in in getting everything. So I went that way. No doubt. No doubt. I, I agree with what you're saying about them hoop dreams, man, because around my sophomore year, you know, I used to play basketball and I loved it. And my sophomore year in high school, even though my whole life I had this dream to go to the NFL, my sophomore year, I was ready to just put it on the back burner and try to hoop. And like you, my coach came to me, man. And he was like, Inc., how many five nine point guards you see in the NBA? And he was like, how many five nine corners you see in the uh, NFL? And I went and looked right. it up, and I was like, you're right, right? And it changed my life. And so yeah. when you first started playing a game of football, what was the thing that you loved most about it? Um, I think it was the hitting. 
you know, of course, you know, being able to hit hit people and and not get in trouble for it, I thought it was cool. <laughs> um, but then it was just like uh, the one thing I've always noticed with football is, you know, you just got to be around so many different people from so many different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was. Um, it was a, a chess game to, to try to figure out a way to get 11 guys on the same page at one time. And that just really just um, stuck with me when I started to play. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, with basketball, you can have one guy, you know, potentially take the team far. But with football, if one position is not on, that can, that can hurt the whole team. And so I just like that aspect. I felt like, you know, it was a lot that was going to teach me throughout my life and it has. Absolutely. Bro, is it is it really true that you just had one offer coming out of high school in football to Utah State? Yep, one offer. Um, wow. One offer to Utah State. And after we won the Super Bowl, um, my coach that told me to play football um, kind of basically told me the story about how I even got the scholarship. So mm. basically I didn't really have the scholarship just yet, but um, he had um, found a way to talk uh, Utah State into thinking that Stanford was about to offer me. And so um, Utah State offered me because Stanford, they thought Stanford was going to offer me or had offered me. And so went out there, did my um, trip. They was impressed. And that's how I got to Utah State. So it was kind of funny hearing that story because I never heard that story until um, until we got drafted or until I you know, made it to the league. No doubt. No doubt. That's dope, man. Um you know, I didn't have that many offers either. Like, that's why I say I identify with you. Like, I heard you talking about, you know, two-star. Like, I was a two-star. I always tell cats, like, I don't think they gave me my two stars until I got on campus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, was, it was like that. You know what I'm saying? And so when I got there, I had that chip on my shoulder, you know, just because of the whole recruiting process, but also with my perspective and how I carried myself. Would you say that fueled you even more? Like how that process played out when you got to Utah State and the recruitment and things of that nature? Yeah, that definitely, uh, it fueled me a lot. You know, um, I didn't even know about stars until I got to Utah State. So when I wasn't offended until I got to, to school, where I was like, well, I was only two stars. I'm like, I could get more stars than that. <laughs> no doubt. And so, you know, just watching the whole, you know, I would have loved to stay in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime we played a California team, I was I was motivated to let them know that they they missed out on somebody in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually funny funny enough, I actually um, Coach Carroll came to um, my high school and recruited one of my teammates, but did not recruit uh-huh. me. And so it's funny how you know God works sometimes. That's you know, great. he ended up dra- drafting me later. So definitely, it definitely fueled me. I definitely felt like I had a chip on my shoulder. Definitely felt like I had something to prove. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just felt like uh, my mom told me that if you were good, they're going to find you. And I believe that. No doubt. No doubt. Man, um, Pete Carroll, you know, of course, he probably won't know this. But when I was a graduate assistant coach at Tennessee and I was working under Monty Kiffin, you know, and Monty Kiffin and Pete Carroll, like a super cool. And so Monty, at least three days out of the week, he would have me to call Pete. You know, and ask them about different schemes, different things with defense, different things they used to do. And so I used to love talking to him and hearing how he talked about ball and life. And so that was pretty cool. But I wanted I wanted to ask you something, man, about leadership, right? Like we've spoken a few times, exchanged different questions and things of that nature. In terms of your leadership, you know, how you're wired, how you carry yourself, would you say that was something that was in you or something that you've had to cultivate 
over time? Um, I think leading by example was something that always came natural for me. Um, it was always the easiest thing to do because I can, you know, show you better than I could tell you. So that was always the thing that I felt like I gravitated towards. But as I got, you know, older, and especially when I got into the league, when I had more eyes on me and playing a position that is basically the quarterback of the defense, um, I had to expand on that. You know, I couldn't just, you know, be the guy that leads by example. I had to you know, find my voice and really figure out how I can connect with everybody and how I can bring everybody, um, you know, get on the same level on the same page. And so I think that was something that I was mindful about. I definitely, you know, um, you know, just talking to some of the great linebackers that has been in the league, you know, they took the time out to actually study that. That wasn't something that just came. So I started listening to interviews. I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to uh, different people that inspired me like yourself and, you know, really just started to, figure out what my voice was and figure out what worked for me. Cause I think that's, what's the important thing too, is um, oftentimes I feel like we try to emulate something and you know, that's not really um, the best way all the time because you have to figure out what works for you and then master that. And so that's kind of where my mindset came with leadership. Absolutely, man. It's, it's probably the most important thing is just being true to your identity and who you are. Yeah. And leading in that aspect, I think, is something that's very true. And so you come out of Utah State, man, uh, leading tackler in school history, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you still yeah. hold that that record? Yeah, I still hold that. I don't think nobody <laughs> nobody even came close to it. So <laughs> I I don't, hopefully that stands for a few years. But I think it stood for a while before I, I took it. So hopefully it lasts no for a minute. No doubt. No doubt. I always ask guys, man, how did it feel when you got drafted? Like, that day getting drafted like that dream manifesting and happening, like taking shape after all the work, of course, but just that day, how did it feel to you when that happened? Uh, man, it was a, a blessing, man, um, because like you said, it was just, I think when I heard my name called, um, you kind of had like a flashback of just everything mm -hmm. that happened from the moment you decided to pursue football to that moment right there. The, the good, the bad, the ugly, what you have to persevere through, uh, the challenges, you know, uh, bear crawling in the snow at Utah State, you know, all those different things. And so when you got your name called, it was like, um, you know, like a blessing, like, dang, like, look at all that work that that you were able to, to accomplish. And now it's like, OK, um, you know, now it's time to work harder. Now it's time to see um, how far we can take this and how. Um, you know, see what, what we can do with it. Um, because I didn't even, um, right before the the combine, I didn't even get a chance to go to the combine because I had got sick. I got pneumonia. Wow. And so I had to watch the linebackers perform in the hospital bed. Wow. And so Man, in that, I knew that. Yeah. And that, at that moment, I was really thinking that my dream was over and really mm. thinking that, you know, like I wasn't, um, you know, going to be able to make it. And so it was just a, I, I flashed back to that moment where I, I had that doubt for a second that, you know, it wasn't going to work out and, you know, end up doing really well in my pro day. And, you know, they end up, Seattle ended up taking me. No doubt. Like, I, I had no idea, like, about that. But I think we, we both know, like, with moments like that, like, they end up being pivotal for both our perspective and our performance. Like, what would you say was the positive side of that, the serendipity in that, to where when you had to watch the linebackers and you was in the hospital, 
quit pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And then when you got your pro day, like what was the positive to that? Like you having to watch that experience. And I'm sure at the time it was kind of painful. But once you got yeah. over the other side of it, like how did you process it and, and what did it do to you? Um, I think it was a kind of a wake up call to be grateful. Uh, maybe in that moment I wasn't taking um, everything that I was doing. I wasn't being grateful for the things that I'm doing. So I think it was like a, a reminder to say uh, to say to myself, um, you know, be grateful uh, where you're at. Um, don't compare yourself to, to anybody. Just do the best that you can do and, and, and focus on you. You know, stop having the peripheral vision where you're seeing this guy and seeing that guy and, and wanting to do this and wanting to do that. Focus on what you got um, going on in front of you and really just lock in and let everything else take care of itself. I think it was also a reminder of just stop worrying about the future. Stop. Mm. You know, you can't control the future. You have no plan. You know, there's there's nothing that you could do in this moment that could change the future outside of being present in the moment. And so I think it made me more present, um, you know, in the moment. And, you know, it made me listen to my inner. It, it was a very, you know, interesting time, um, mm-hmm. you know, before going to the hospital. Absolutely. What would you say, like you're pro bowl consistently, all pro consistently, all decade guy, like, and as a leader and as a captain, when you consistently put out greatness at that level, what would you say has been your your biggest challenge just as a leader year in, year out, you know, with different guys and just trying to rally the troops, man, and get y'all to produce as a team, you know, and you being one of the guys that people look to? Um, I think it's been uh, the connecting. You know, I think that was the the toughest transition for me because we were fortunate enough to uh, when I got drafted, you know, I got drafted. Um, but when I went to Seattle, there was guys like K.J. Wright, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, you know, just to name a few of those guys where we were all like minded. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy for us to just hit it off and be connected to one another because we all shared the same goal. Everybody wants to be the best state position. And, you know, we took the time to connect with one another. So we were always pushing each other to to be that. So when, um, you know, one of us was slacking one day, you know, the uh, when the other one got on, we never took it personally because we knew that they wanted us to be great. And we wanted, you know, that they expected that from us. And so we, we were able to stay um, together for about six, seven years, which is unheard of in the league. That's not even, you yeah. know, the, the the average career is three, three let alone play with the same per, the same group for that long. And so, when you transition, um, there was a lot of things you had to relearn. There was a lot of um, nonverbal communication that you established over that uh, period of time that you had to redo and relearn. And you had to relearn, you know, the way certain people play because now they don't play like Sherm. They don't yeah. play like. And they don't have that, you know, oh, I know what Bobby's doing or I know what Sherm's doing on his plays. And so just kind of resetting your brain and taking the time to try to learn your teammates was kind of the biggest challenge for me, for sure. Absolutely. Like, I think that's one of the greatest challenges, like in leadership. I think me as a father, you know, as a husband, as a man, like as we navigate throughout life, like when you really want to be great and be effective and efficient and make an impact. Like you really got to take time to study and learn the people that you're connected to, right? Because it's not a one size fit all. We can't take 
one system and apply it to everybody. And so it's interesting that you say that. But you've accomplished something, man, that not a lot of people accomplish. Like that Super Bowl, man. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, tell me about it. Like, whether it's a word, like when, when that happened, yeah. like the moment, like what went through your mind? What did it feel like? Like, um, tell me about that. I feel like I can better describe it now than I could back then. Right. Uh, because when I won it, I think I was 22, 23. Mm. And it was my second year in the league. So, you know, our first year uh, we lost to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was hungry to come back. And so we, you know, came back, had a great season, won a Super Bowl. When we won a Super Bowl, it, you know, the, the game before felt more like the Super Bowl than the actual Super Bowl because we played wow. – uh, the 49ers it was a big game, rivalry game. The crowd was crazy. Amazing play by Sherm uh, mm-hmm. to close the game off. You know, just excitement. Then you go into the the Super Bowl. It's like you know we blow them out, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not like uh, I think we we uh, even came out uh, in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was I was really excited. You know, I thought it was amazing, but at the same time, I was kind of. Um, young-minded from the standpoint, I'm like, okay, it's going to be like this all the time. We're going to get here all the time. <laughs> and so that following year, we get there again. Right. Um, this time, we play Tom Brady, we lose. And then I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll get there again. And we've been trying to get there, you know, ever since. And so I think as those years start to kick in, you start to, again, that word grateful, um, you know, being grateful for, you know, being able to accomplish that at such an early age, mm-hmm. knowing what it takes to get there and trying to get that, you know, give that information to the younger guys. But when we won it, it was, you know, amazing. I remember the celebration. I remember the the mm. parties, you know, <laughs> the teammates and and really just the group of guys. Like, we were all young. We were all the yeah. same age. So we were all into the same things. And so, you know, it definitely made us closer, too. That's dope. And also, uh, I was reading something and, you know, you were talking about um, your mom right, who mm-hmm. passed, and you were speaking about, you know, the things that you've done on the field, and that's great, and those accomplishments are awesome, but you said your mom would probably be even prouder of the things that you've accomplished off the field. Yeah. Uh, can you relate some of that stuff to us in terms of the thought process and why that's important and why you made that statement? Um, I just think when uh, when I was growing up, I, I was, uh, we lived in L.A. for a minute, but then we moved to Ontario. And I just remember being in Ontario and, you know, we didn't have anybody like, you know, we had Lakers, Clippers, all those guys, but they never really came to our area. And so I felt like there was ever an opportunity for me to get out and, you know, become a professional athlete. I would want to come back to where I was at. And so it kind of started with that, you know, just wanting to um, be a face that, you know, people from Ontario can look at and be like, okay, he made it out and he was you know, doing something successful. And I think as that, you know, kind of happened, I think everything else grew, you know, mm. as you live life, you figure out and see, um, you know, how many people are struggling in the world and how many people need help, um, whether they're afraid to ask for it or whether they don't even know where to turn. Mm. And so I just started to look at different ways that I can help things that was passionate, you know, for me that can, that would, you know, kind of make me feel, um, not necessarily good, but, you know, something that I can connect to and I can relate to Absolutely. and I can understand, you know, what you're struggling for. And so trying to that's kind of where it all came from, just um, wanting to be more than just a person that was, um, you know, taken, but a person that was, you know, no, no more forgiven. Sure. And 
that's kind of where it came from, man. You know, a lot of it was from her, you know, watching her give from us for all those years um, and, you know, watching her and my dad provide for us and um, just kind of do that on the same level, but just on a, a bigger platform. Yeah, that's dope, man. Um, what would you tell, like, the Bobby Wagner that you are now, right, the man that you are now, like, a lot of times as people, like, I think when we meet people, we think where we meet them is where they've always been, right? We think mm -hmm. when we meet the Bobby Wagner now, right, the guy, he's articulate, smart, brilliant, right, a leader, ball player, great guy, right? What would you tell the young Bobby Wagner that entered the league when he got drafted, being a player that you are now with the perspective that you have now, looking back on it, what would you share with that guy now that you've been playing the amount of years that you have? Um, I, I would probably tell him, uh, but he would probably would know consistency is the key. Mm. That's what makes people great is being consistent because anybody can be great one or two games or a year. You know, can you be consistent? Um, how many, how, how long can you be consistent for? And can you be known for consistency? Um, that'd be one thing. And I would say, uh, dream bigger, mm. you know, cause a lot of times, you know, we put these, um, dreams or things that we want to accomplish that we think they're so far and that we, you know, we think that they're, that we can't reach them until we reach them. And mm. then, you know, sometimes people are happy with, with that. And sometimes people go for more. And so I would say, I would probably say to him, go for more now, like dream bigger now because you have the ability to accomplish whatever you want and whatever you put your mind to. I love that, bro. The mind is a powerful tool, man. Powerful thing. Man. Powerful, no, man. We don't people use People don't it recognize enough. it. Exactly. <laughs> use it. But um, man, you know, as, as I bring us to a close, right? Like with the current climate of the world, a lot of people going through adversity and opposition, a lot of people going through challenges, just with what's going on and transpiring in the world, if there's a mantra that you live by, if there's a routine that you get up and do every single day to set yourself right mentally, like what are some words that you would just give to somebody right now that's just trying to get through the journey of opposition and adversity? Um, Man, I don't know if I have like a, a saying or, um, you know, I think I would, I would say remain hopeful. Absolutely. Um, you know, I definitely would tell, you know, everybody remain hopeful. And, you know, I think, too, I think this is a reminder. You know, this time is another reminder of, again, dream bigger. Absolutely. Like you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to. Because a lot of the times, even in this, uh, you know, crazy pandemic, the pandemic and everything else going on in the world, um, you know, a lot of it is where you place your focus. Mm. And, you know, what are you putting into whatever it is that you focused on? You know, are you putting all, are you putting everything that you possibly can into what you're focused on? And I think, you know, having a shutdown like we did with the pandemic and then we're not even talking about everything else that's going on. Um, it kind of, it was a reset to, to show you either A, you're doing a good job or B, you need to do more and you need to focus more and be more attentive and be more present. You know what I mean? There's probably people in your life that, that you weren't paying attention to until you had to. And so when everything opened back up and everything and, and life starts rolling around, don't forget that. Don't forget this moment right now where, you know, you were able to be more present and there was people, relationships, friendships, work that, you know, you realize that your level could be raised just a little bit higher so you can be a little bit more successful. But 
uh, definitely still remain hopeful because the best is yet to come, I believe. That's beautiful, man. Well, you guys heard it from the man himself. We're not going to hold you long. Bobby, we greatly appreciate your time, your insight, your perspective, and your wisdom. I know this is going to add value to a lot of people's lives, man. And so I greatly appreciate it. And thank you so man, much. Man, appreciate bro. you. Absolutely. Appreciate you for having me on, man. Um, like I said, you're a big inspiration to me. So keep doing what you're doing. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs>